some point in life, I realized that every really great story follows a very similar plot line. Whether it's, it's Mario, or whether it's The Lion King, or The Matrix, or Gladiator, whatever. Pick a story, and it follows, a, it follows this plot line. And the plot line is simple. Things were good, things were really bad, things got better. Things were good, things were really bad, things got better. Maximus had a great normal life, then all of a sudden his whole family was killed, then he redeemed himself by defeating Commodus. Story of Gladiator. Simba was the king, all of a sudden he lost everything, his father died, everything was awful. Then he redeemed himself by defeating Scar and overruling the Pride Land. Mario had Peach, it was beautiful, it was lovely. Bowser came along and ruined everything, as Bowser tends to do. And then what does he do? He rises up, plays that platform game, jumps up and down, gets a few toadstools, and boom, he defeats Bowser. Every story goes from good to terrible to Wonderful. That's the good stories, except for tragedies and whatever, where it just goes from good to bad. And I would argue the reason why these stories are so captivating, and the reason why we always get involved and we'll always love these stories, is because deep down inside, that's the story that we want for ourselves. We want to live that epic story. That epic story where, we, where things are good, things are bad, but ultimately, things got a whole lot better. And that story that we desire to live, that story that speaks so deeply within us, is actually the story that you and I live. It's actually the story that you and I take part in. Except for that story isn't just in our normal, everyday life. It's not necessarily in our life in the Navy or even just our day-to-day -day life. That story is in our life in Christ. And we see that story lived out in a very simple, short form in today's gospel. In today's gospel, we see about two or three words, two or three sentences. But those two or three sentences outline the plot of a great story. Things were good, things were terrible, things got better. And where do we see that? We see it in Peter's mother-in-law. Things were good. She was his mother-in-law. We don't know much else than that, but I'm sure they were fine. I'm sure Peter loved his mother-in-law. If he didn't, he might not have asked Jesus to heal her. But he did. So what does he do? He goes and he says, hey, Jesus, can you come and heal my mother-in-law? Jesus comes in. He grabs, he grabs her hand because what happened? Jesus' mother, his mother-in-law was experiencing a very terrible time. She had a fever. Fevers back then could lead to death. And so right there on the brink of death, Jesus comes in, enters the picture, and saves her. But things didn't just get better at that moment. Not only does he save her, but she responds to Jesus' love for her. And she does something after that. She serves him. She serves him. And that's whenever I realized that every great story has these three things, good, bad, better. But every great story also has three more elements to it. Every great story, first and foremost, has a savior, has somebody that steps in that takes the protagonist from bad, from terrible to miserable to the brink of death and brings them up into the glories of life and brings them up and heals them. Think about it. Frodo has Gandalf, Mario, Luigi. I like to play Mega Man as a kid. Mega Man had zero. 
all right? Every great character in any type of story has some kind of figure, some kind of guide, somebody that steps in and basically is the Rafiki to Simba and is the Jesus to Peter's mother-in-law. Comes in, redeems the person, and then something happens. After that redemption, at that moment of death, after that redemption, something always closes. That person then goes out and serves. It's one thing to have, you know, it's one thing to have Simba go back and defeat Scar. But it was so much more beautiful to see Simba ruling over the pride land in service, in recognition, in gratitude for all that his fellow lions did for him. For the faith they showed in him. For the trust they had him. For the belief they had in him. And for all the work they did to rehabilitate him from orphan into king. That plot line is in just about every story. And the thing is, my friends, it's in our story as well. You see, mankind was born good. Everything was fine. God made us, and what did he say? He said, we are good. Not just good, but we are very good. Higher than the rest of creation. And then what happened? Tragedy struck, and ultimately mankind fell. All of mankind, Adam and Eve, the whole of humanity, fell into a state of sin and death. And we remained in that state for thousands of years until something happened. On the brink of humanity's death, right whenever there was no hope for us, God injected himself. And he injected himself not just as a servant, but as his very being. He sent his son Jesus into the world and he did to us the same thing that he did with his mother and with Peter's mother-in-law. He saved us from death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death, eternal death. And so what's our response going to be? You see, that's our story. You and I were born into this world, except for whenever you and I were born in this world, things weren't really good. Nope, whenever we were born, we were right there at the bottom. Original sin had us. We were stricken. We were done. We had no shot. And then all of a sudden, what happened? We had lovely, wonderful parents. Or we chose ourselves to come in and bring our little baby selves and had us baptized. And what happened? That was the moment on the brink of death. That was whenever we were healed. That was whenever our life was changed. And then what happened after that? Our life went from a life of slavery, a life of death, a life of misery, to a life of service. A life of service. Just like Simba served his king, his, his pride, whenever he had just conquered Scar. Just like, you know, Aragorn ruled over Middle-earth just after he conquered Sauron. Just like so many other great figures lived lives of service after being rescued from the brink of extinction. My friends, that's our story. You see, you hear us talk about service. You hear me talk about service. I'm always asking people to help serve. You hear the Navy talk about service. You hear just about everybody. Service, service, service. But what's the root of service? My friends, the root of service is seen in Peter's mother-in-law. 
The root of service is gratitude. Why do we serve the Navy? Because we're grateful for the United States for giving us what we've got. Why do we serve our friends? Because we're grateful for their friendship. Why do we serve Jesus? Because we're grateful for all that he's done for us. Guys, that's the beauty of today's gospel. Today's gospel, we see what it means to serve. And it's not an angry type of service. It's not out of pure obligation, but rather out of gratitude. Because you and I are part of a truly great and glorious service. Excuse me, a glorious story. Where things were good, things were terrible, but ultimately right now, things are a whole lot better.